1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Stephen Gerrard now knows the players he can trust After Rangers slipped up at 10-man Dundee It's advantage Celtic at the top After blowing away then-league leaders Kilmarnock on Saturday And Oren Kearney says he was embarrassed By St Mirren's performance at Livingston A busy weekend as always I'm Gordon Duncan And joining me tonight is Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans It's always a pest when you slip up at the same time As your fiercest rivals hit new heights that's why Stephen Gerrard hit the roof after that board draw at Dundee yesterday Players have been put in their places The manager's fears over Rangers' future in Europe Have been made public ahead of the flight to Austria tomorrow Celtic's only concern What changes, if any, do they make for the visit of RB Salzburg on Thursday? Not so much a grey area as a brown area Did you see what I did there, Alex? <laughs> Absolutely brilliant We've had plenty to talk about this weekend, Gordon Celtic Demolished Kamarnock Rangers struggling Up at Dens Park Edinburgh teams Both get three points St Mirren struggling On the road again Patrick Thistle Getting their first win So it's all there We've got plenty to talk about tonight And then of course Hugh Keevans We had our Cash for Kids Sports auction on Saturday Raised a tremendous amount of money mm. um, Much appreciated To a great cause And we'll be revealing The winner of our Road to Wembley competition A bit later on in the show Yes uh, Great effort On everyone's behalf On Saturday It was a privilege To be part of the programme mm. There's still much to be done though And uh, we will continue to do so And after we've spoken To the winner Of the main prize I'll give you another £500 For Cash for Kids oh, There you are I'm Looking forward to seeing that Feeling generous <laughs> this evening uh, 0141 That's the number you need to get involved tonight And if you would rather tweet Then we are at Clyde SSB So many talking points from the weekend So get in touch Let us know what you made of your team's performance And uh, where they go from here Let's kick off by hearing from Stephen Gerrard So a fairly easy one for you Rangers fans Where did it go wrong yesterday And how exactly does this set you up For some big games coming up 0141 1025 Stephen Gerrard says he now knows the players he can trust After the draw with Dundee The Rangers boss says the players that he brought into the side Didn't take their chance And says quite simply they will be out of Europe on Thursday If they don't improve dramatically Very disappointed The last two performances have been really poor From our point of view I take responsibility for that You know, Seven days ago we're in a fantastic place We're looking like a Rangers team And it looks like we've got players who can handle the responsibility Of being a Rangers players Because we end up at the top and the last two performances don't look like us don't look like the team I'm trying to build and individuals are not stepping up and performing at a level that's acceptable the last two performances we haven't done the things that have got us a lot of praise of late the performances look out of character from a, from a team point of view and individuals are put, put in bad performances that's the reality of it people knock on your door people shake their head when they're not in the team people are disappointed and that's fine that's, that's football but then when you are given a chance go and back it up Go and perform and give me a, a problem and a headache, but I think it's pretty easy and pretty straightforward for me now. I know the players I can trust. It's it's a reality check today that we're not good enough to make five changes. That should make my job a lot easier moving forward because there'll be less knocks at the door. Because if, if players are honest with themselves and watch that performance back, I don't really think they've got a leg to stand on. Yeah, but I welcome the knocks because I've got all the evidence and the ammunition to maybe show them why they're not on the team in the future. We'll see what, what Thursday brings in terms of the performance, but if we perform anything like the last two two games, um, we'll be out of Europe on Thursday night for sure. 
Well, it's a sorry sequence of results for Rangers uh, losing to Aberdeen for the first time in a home game Wednesday night and then going to the bottom club as they were then, Dundee, playing Dundee with 10 men for the majority of the match and not winning that game. So you can understand why there's an edge to Stephen Gerrard at the moment and he's made it abundantly clear uh, that, that come January, some might be on their way. Yeah, I think that's fair to say, Hugh. Um, you have to say it was a, an inept performance yesterday. It was extremely poor. The the lack of urgency on the back of... You hear Stephen Gerrard saying there's people chapping on his door and all that. So you're expecting players to come out there. You're expecting players to be on the front foot. And when it was 11 v 11, I thought Rangers got a kind of break there. You know, it's debatable whether it was a red card or not. You know, and by the letter of law in today's... Uh, thing made the boys out of control So you may well say that But when you actually listen to the referees We'll get onto that one reason, in a minute Because yeah, the, oh, sorry, the reason he gave it Yeah Yeah. So uh, so they, they got a break there At that point and then scoring directly from that free kick You think Rangers are going to go in and get a, a, you know, The result that they're looking for For the following 70 minutes It was dire That's all the way to describe it The actual uh, quality from middle to front in Rangers and, and he's right what he says that they, they cannot afford to make so many changes mm. because they don't have the, the quality What do you make of the approach Hugh Keevans from Stephen Gerrard there so, so very clear um, I mean I don't know who, who trapped on his door and, and then uh-huh. didn't take the chance but, but the player himself will yeah. and you know if, if you're a player who has done that you're now under no illusions whatsoever what the manager made of your performance Well you know the, if you're Stephen Gerrard you've only been used to high standards in your life all the years playing for Liverpool and for England, you've only been used to high standards. Maybe it takes him a while to acclimatise to a different environment where they don't reach his high standards because he obviously felt a sense of security prior to the games against Aberdeen and Dundee and five out of six points have been left behind and he doesn't feel as confident as he once did about his squad. So that's the first time this season where you've actually thought, oh, He's he's lost it there You know he, He's lost His temper uh, So it was a Shabby performance On the back of another Shabby performance At Ibrox And They've got their work Cut out in Vienna On Thursday It's a one four one nine five one one zero two five To let us know What you think So let's speak to Andy Who's a Rangers fan On the line First up tonight What did you make of it Yesterday Andy? Terrible Absolutely terrible um, And playing against The bottom club As well as losing Our home record On Wednesday night Against another team Another team team we were beating at the weekend again from, uh, you know, Afanark. St. Johnson. Um, St. Johnson, I can remember him there. Um, but basically, I mean, it's for the two of them, but Alex in particular, um, I think, I'm a Rangers fan through and through, and, and it irks me to say this, but I think there's a crisis brewing at Rangers. Um, I really do. Um, with no quality up front, the only, lack of, the only quality we've got up front is sitting in the stands every second weekend because of lack of discipline on the field. Um, Gerard knew as is looking a bit up um, for the first time since he came here he demands high standards but are Rangers going to give him high standards have we got the funds have we got the, the, the way about to go out and January and bring in a higher standard because it's clearly brought in clearly no good enough um, I think they got to the top of the league last weekend and thought job done um, and they've down tools a bit because the, the performance against uh, Aberdeen on Wednesday night was shocking absolutely shocking Aberdeen is not a great team um, and the performance against the bottom club yesterday again with nine men or ten men sorry um, shocking we should have we should have steamrolled them 
we can't, I'm not even going to go on about the lack of the goal going on inside and all that. That's just, that's just paper over the cracks. There's something not right at the Rangers just now. Um, and if we don't sort it out, then it's going to be 10 in a row. And that's the worst scenario for every single Rangers supporter out there. Yeah. Listen, I think one of the things for me uh, on the outside looking in is the, the the amount of rotation, the amount of players that are constantly chopping and changing, is alarming to me. I don't understand why they they, they can't have a nucleus of about seven, eight players. And if you want to change two or three, then so be it. Five players is too much for me. You have to find your best eleven. Uh, I don't even know if he knows what that is at the moment. Uh, obviously Morelos, and that takes on another dimension from there. You hit the nail on the head there, Andy, when you said I said after the air game when he got suspended That this could come back to bite Rangers And it did do Because they, unless they get him in the team He is the focal point He starts And it's not just the goals It's not just the assists The way he goes about his, his business in terms of Putting it in amongst the centre-halves He gets about people He starts getting a tempo He gets about He gets people at it That then inspires the people behind you Because you go, lovely There's your centre-forward having a go Let's have a go behind them there's none of that. I looked through the team yesterday and I'm looking, where is the urgency? Where's the ball moving from side to side? You've got a spare man. Where do you find him? How do you pick up players in, in between the lines? And they looked bereft of ideas. Now, see when you play at Rangers, you need to find answers for these questions. They struggle badly now. When they did get in, particularly in the first half, they get down that right-hand side with Candias. Uh, I think Ken, you know, players coming down there and they get any absolutely brilliant ideas. I'm not sure exactly they know where they're actually trying to pick out in the middle of the box because the Dundee defenders, time after time, read what they were doing and they just couldn't, there was mm. no cohesion and that, that's why I'm saying this, if you can get players that are playing on a weekly basis, you tend to know what's, what, what's on. If I got to the byline when I was at Rangers, I know sure to have a Lazio would check off, Dado would hit the back post, so you'd know exactly where players are going to be. If you're constantly rotating that, then you don't know mm. where they're going to be because there's no... Cohesion. That said Hugh Evans, When it comes to talk of a, a crisis brewing as, as Andy says Is this not all about Perhaps a sense of perspective There might be a time When this statement That I'm about to make Isn't true That mm-hmm. might happen In the yeah. coming weeks In the coming months But at the moment It's perfectly accurate to say That Rangers Are two points behind Celtic And they're still in Europe yeah. Might change on Thursday Might change next weekend But as it stands That is a fact Is it perhaps time for Cool heads Rather than talk of crisis Well I can understand why the Rangers supporters are feeling as they are tonight Because they expected a good victory over Aberdeen Who were very poor against Celtic in the League Cup final And instead they lost for the first time at home in a league match this season Then they go and play the bottom club And they're arguably even worse than they've been four days before Gordon, we live in a very simple part of the world the 29th of December is going to tell us everything about what's going on here because the Rangers supporters are up in arms having watched Celtic reached a level of performance mm. uh, on Saturday that Rangers couldn't begin to dream of. So on the 29th of December at Ibrox when Celtic go there, uh, it's going to bring everything into perspective. The use of the word crisis at the moment is premature but if Celtic were to go to Ibrox and do a number on Rangers, then Andy would be back mm. on here to say, I told you so. One weekend, we'll get to a Monday where we don't have uh, dodgy refereeing decisions Oof. to talk about. Uh, what about the Kyle Lafferty one? It's it's as obvious as 
the one that Rangers got in their favour last weekend. Yeah. We, we opened up last Monday's show. Many people were talking about Morelos being offside and that goal shouldn't have stood. Well, this time, uh, Lafferty very much onside and that goal should have stood. I was um, I was saying to someone at the time, it was on the group chat, immediately I said, that's onside. And it's because you have your instinct. And when the ball comes around the face and you don't have to check your run and you're running onto that ball and it's pretty much a square ball, you know that right away that it's onside. Um I was listening to some of the analysis from another station yesterday saying the linesman was in a good position, which was absolute nonsense. He was four yards behind the play. So to look along that line, he's guessing because he's behind it, so he can't really see along it. So again, it's a major issue. Now, I don't want anyone out there to actually take this. Uh, the, the, the decision, I want to take that as an individual thing. It was a shocking decision. Ultimately, it's cost because Rangers would have won 2-1 up. But the performance that Rangers put in as I said, the other one was dire and it didn't worry well, anything. Andy, the caller, I think, was very generous when he said, I'm not interested in discussing. Don't want to paper over the cracks, goals. he said. Yeah, yeah, he's disturbed by two performances against Aberdeen and Dundee. It was a mistake. It was a legitimate goal. It happens far too often. I've said to you before, Gordon, my, my fear is that we're going to have major competitions decided by mm. referees mistakes and what about this sending off then Alex because it was a straight red card and yeah. initially people are looking at the challenge and seeing the you know the, the foot land on the Rangers player and thinking yeah it probably was dangerous yeah. uh, straight red card it then becomes clear after the game that it was actually given for denying a clear and obvious goal scoring opportunity Dundee are appealing that decision and yeah I mean you can certainly you can imagine them winning it because there was another Dundee player there yeah. so it's a strange one you might you might agree that it was a red card, but the reasons for that red card uh, you might not yeah. agree with. Well, listen, I think I think they've got it wrong again. I actually think the red card, in today's terms, in terms of once you leave the ground and you catch someone with a straight leg, you're running a risk of a red. Potentially could have been a yellow on any other day, depending on the referee. To come out afterwards and then suggest that it was for a goal scoring opportunity is consistent with what we're actually seeing at the moment. Dundee will appeal that it will most certainly go overturned. Because the guys within a yard goal side, uh, it would have made a challenge, uh, and it's just one mistake after another. It really is, and, and it's con- continuous. We're on Twitter at Clyde SSB. JJ Bird says the last two performances have been really flat. It looks like we've run out of ideas. No spark to break teams down in dire need of a midfield playmaker, and for Stevie J to field a guaranteed starting two centre backs, chopping and changing is not helping us at all. What do you think, John and Hamilton? Uh, I think that you've got to kind of cover some of my points. Um, I think it's just about the sort of the constant chopping, changing of teams. Um, so I, I think even just the back two um, at the weekend, I thought we really uncomfortable with each other. Um, for me, we're just changing it far too much. So I think we need to know who our best eleven is um, and stop keeping changing like sort mm. of four or five changes. Yeah, can I agree with Alex? Get get your best eleven. Change it maybe one or two rotations. Just obviously freshen up the legs. But at the weekend, I just thought. Um, Warrell and Goldson just looked uncomfortable with each other um, I just feel as if we lacked creativity um, it was sort of constantly down the wing passing into the box cleared by Dundee um, so no I don't think it's time for a crisis but yeah, with Scotland you are only a bit good as your, your last game um, and I think that's where kind of sort of creating just this little bit of concern the, the in terms of the amount of changes that we're doing just now The Rangers supporters had been taken to a level of expectation where they believed on the day that they went to the top of the league For the first time in a long time That big things Were about to happen And since then they've been absolutely deflated 
because of the loss of five points to Aberdeen and to Dundee. And I think that's why people have then gone to the other extreme and said, oh, it's a crisis. But as you've pointed out, Gordon, they're two points behind Celtic. I know Celtic have a game in hand, but it has yet to be won. It's not a crisis, but if they lose to Celtic on the 29th of December... I think it will come close to one John and JJ On Twitter Making similar points Alex Particularly about the back two So let's You know the central defence Let's focus on that Analyse that opening uh, Kenny Miller goal for us Well listen I think I've I've played with Kenny For three years He will not get An easier opportunity Um, Firstly uh, Worrell Doesn't Realise the danger He gets too tight Uh, And this is the thing For me Kenny Miller Can't run him In a flat race So if he gives himself A couple of yards And then he can press Kenny you know, uh, if the ball comes into his feet. Then, Goldston has got it totally wrong. He's misinterpreted the way the ball's going because it's spinning away from his body here and he's trying to back in. He's got it badly wrong. And it leaves Alan McGregor in no man's land because he thinks he's going to clear it. So, from a Rangers point of view, the two centre-halves were poor, extremely poor in dealing with that. And it gave Dundee the lifeline mm. that they were looking for. Final word to you, John. Uh, no, I just I agree, I agree with uh, the panel and the of the points. I think Morel's as well. That's the last point is that we really kind of sort of notice when he's not there, and I just hope like the kind of conversations that they're having with him around his discipline, we might need to start looking at actually other means in terms of do we need to actually start signing this guy because he's generally costing us points, cut places, potentially nearly got us exited for Europe. So. Um, but no, no, thanks very much for taking my call Good man, that was John and Hamilton It's 01419511025 to join him Agree or disagree with what you're hearing Well, we're going to hear from Brendan Rogers, And after a, an impressive win for Celtic at the weekend We'll hear from him after the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray have been looking back on the one-all draw between Dundee and Rangers at Dens Park yesterday. Plenty more to come on that front, I'm sure. Uh, let's hear from Brendan Rogers, though. He's hailing a brilliant team performance uh, after they beat Kilmarnock 5-1 on Saturday. It's a result which sends them back to the top of the table. Uh, the Hoops boss also says he's got no time for sentimentality after dropping skipper Scott Brown to the bench. Brilliant team performance. Like everyone said, coming into the game, Kilmarnock have been outstanding in, in the work that Stevie's done with them, especially defensively in terms of how compact they are. You know, they haven't conceded a goal in four games, I think it is, coming into today. But I thought how we played against that was near on perfect in terms of our positioning in between their, their lines and then when we get on the other side, the quality centrally and wide to cross it and, and finish was exceptional. So um, that was very, very good. Uh, so happy with the performance, just the level of the game, how we connected the game, lots of passes, short passes, made it difficult for Kilmarnock to get there and then when we arrived in the areas that we wanted, we showed big, big quality. So uh, yeah, it was a very good win for us. Five goals at the bar, the crossbar, second half, and one or two other chances that if we slide it, we, we maybe finish more. So uh, it's a very good performance. Are McGregor and Christie making it more difficult for Brown to be selected by you? Well, listen, I have compassion for players, especially ones that do amazing for me. But what I don't have is sentimentality. It's very clear for me in terms of if a team is playing well, that's where it's at. But we don't rely on just 11 players. We need more than that. But I think it's clear for everyone the level and the fluency of the team and how they're playing. And like I say, I have that compassion for guys that have done well. And, and those two, along with Tom Rodgick, have been exceptional. But I know what Scott Brown can do. I know what Olivia Neacham can do. I know what the other guys can do. So uh, we'll pick a team to play well and, and hopefully get a result. 
There's absolutely no sentimentality in football Alec will confirm that I remember Neil Lennon in his last days as a Celtic player Was subbed cup final by mm. Gordon Strachan So there is no sentimentality Why would there be in the case of this Celtic side Who have uh, RB Salzburg And who want to progress in the Europa League Because life is not all about what happens on the domestic front I know as the first caller Andy tonight said He dreads the thought of 10 in a row for Celtic And I know that's a big thing in the minds of the Celtic supporters But Europe's a big thing in the mind of Brendan Rodgers Why would he change anything at the moment? Seven league matches Celtic have played at Celtic Park No defeats at all No draws Seven wins out of seven The side who reached new heights on Saturday Would surely be the favourites to go in with the exclusion of Emilio Izaguiri and the inclusion of Kieran Tierney, they would surely be favourites to go in against Salzburg. Archie's in Shawlands. What did you make of it on Saturday, Archie? Oh, it's unbelievable, and it's just a bit of a joke. This. How can anybody expect Stephen Gerrard to come to Scotland and stop Celtic from winning the league this year, or next year, or the year after, or the year after, or the year after? Because let's face it. 5-1 five, five on Saturday That could have been 12-1 That could have been 13-1 Then you look at Rangers 10 men Team at the, the bottom of the league And they had one shot on target in the second half I mean, come on I'll tell you something, Hugh I'll tell you, remind you what you said a couple of months ago I don't know if you were joking But I think you're right As long as Brendan Rodgers is at Parkhead Rangers will win nothing Well, it's the longest prediction I've ever had right uh, And the only way it can be uh, made wrong is for Rangers to win a major trophy at that point then it's no longer the case that for as long as Brendan Rodgers is Celtic's manager Rangers will live in Celtic's shadow uh, so that's why the Rangers supporters are very disappointed because they've been taken to a level of expectation by reaching the top of the league and they've had their hopes partially dashed we'll need to wait Archie uh, before you know we know the outcome of this season never mind five seasons from now uh, but Celtic reached new heights on Saturday And the team that did that I think Bringing back Kieran Tierney Should be the team that mm. starts against Salzburg Alex where Archie is right Is that it was 5-1 And yeah. it could have been a lot more Yeah absolutely I thought they were ruthless uh, The quality of ball into the box as well The movement Gordon And what Celtic do ever so well Is they get runners that go in behind So they have the Edward coming short They get runners going in behind You know Forrest goes in Sinclair goes in uh, Rogic goes in, Christie, and it's that rotation that teams just can't, they, they actually get swamped. Uh, and, and if it wasn't for the woodwork at the weekend, it could be so much more. Mm. And it was just a statement by Celtic. Uh, listen, I think most people on the show at the start of the season, we were talking about this prior to the show, uh, Shu and I, we all predicted Celtic would win the league. And it was purely because of the resources and the quality they have. Hugh's right in what he says. One week ago, you're thinking, all right, okay, there's a slight challenge. Now, I stood in this show last week and I said, easy to get to the top. It's easy. You get there. The hard part staying. It's grinding out results, finding ways to win games, and it doesn't have to be pretty. Gordon, you know, you can win by a set play. Just you know, anything. It's just trying to kind of keep that momentum going, uh, and then how they respond now. Hugh's saying that the twenty ninth of this month, the old firm games, paramount. There's games before that that Rangers have to negotiate. They've got Hibs a couple of times. They've got Hamilton at the weekend on the back of a European tie, and I think they've got St Johnston as well. Who are one of the form teams in the league You know oh. Six wins and two draws In the last eight So 
They really need to negotiate all that before mm. they even get to the old firm. Archie, how important has the home form been this season? You just read you the stats. It's clearly been very impressive. Any wobbles that Celtic have had, you know, you think of the Motherwell game recently, the Livingston St Mirren, they've tended to come on the road this time, but at Celtic Park, they're looking like they're going to take some stopping. Yeah, the lot was a game this season at Celtic Park. I predicted that and to some of my friends. They won't lose a game at Park Eight this season. But, uh, see, as you said there, they've reached new heights on Saturday. They never reached new heights. When you see them, we know they can play like that. So it's not new heights to us, you. We know Celtic can play like that. And if they did that every week, it would be no contest. We obviously can't, because they're human beings. Human beings are fragile. They're not machines. So they're going to have an off day, and they have these off days away from home. And you know, if they change your team Like they against Motherwell But Celtic at the best Nobody will touch them First of all When I said uh, Reach new heights I'm talking about this season What has gone before Is in the past You think that was the performance Of the season? I think so yeah uh, You know the, the Scored five uh, James Forrest hits the post Scott Sinclair hits the bar uh, Against a decent side of course You yeah, take that into yeah. account um, You know You have players of Terrific Individual quality And when they all peak at the same time, it's a formidable mm. sight. Yeah, I mean, Stevie Clark admits that they were beaten by a very good Celtic performance. He does acknowledge, though, the fitness problems, the personnel problems that he had in defence. Uh, he says for him, no title talk at the club. He just wants to keep picking up points. Celtic were very good. Very, very good. Uh, obviously started quicker than he's got their noses in front. We lost our shape a little bit, lost our discipline a little bit. Celtic were quicker than us. I looked a little bit more alert. Right from the right from the off, probably something to do with the fact that they had seven fresh players and we were going to the well with, this, with the same players. A very similar line especially defenders for me was was difficult for my back four today. I thought two fullbacks looked a little bit jaded. Both of them played into the middle of June last year with the, the Scotland teams. Stuart Finley dragged himself off the treatment table, no training. Just to play to try and help the team, so thanks to Stuart for that. And I just said to Big Scott Boyd, when was the last time you played three games in a week, big man? And he couldn't tell me, so that's how long ago it was. So that, that made it difficult for us, but listen, take nothing away from Celtic. Do you think any of the talk, Stevie, about titles and all that get put? We didn't speak about titles. Nobody at Kilmarnock spoke about titles. We had a million questions for you guys, a million people talking out their backsides, if I may say. It's not that important for us. We know where we are, we know where we're trying to get to. And we're doing all right. 14 months in, we're doing okay. A lot better than last year when we came to December. I think we've got many, many more points than we had last year. We've still got four games to go. And I've said to the boys, if we can pick up as many points from that as possible, then we can go into the winter break satisfied with with the first half of the season. Everyone will look at the next four fixtures we've got and they'll say, good games on paper. But we don't play on paper. We don't even play on grass. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's true you yeah, yeah, It's not yeah. going to argue with that I, I'm glad he finished with a decent punchline Because he's a miserable so-and-so really uh, You know, on a positive side uh, Kilmarnock uh, Could go back to the top of the league on Saturday evening Celtic don't play until Sunday Kilmarnock are at home to Dundee If they use home advantage and get the three points They'll go back to the top of the league On a negative I was just a bit disappointed With all these talk About people talking out their backsides We're always blamed in the media For not talking up Scottish football sufficiently So when we did go on about Kilmarnock And when stories were written About the Kilmarnock owner Billy Bowie Saying that he believed there was a possibility that they could do a Leicester City. In fairness, I don't remember anyone actually predicting or saying that Kilmarnock were going to win the league. No, but we talked up Kilmarnock, thereby talking up our game, 
thereby creating a level of interest that gets television channels who normally wouldn't bother about Kilmarnock saying, look what's happening up in Scotland, Kilmarnock are top of the league. So we talked up our game and we talked up one club in particular. So to be accused after the game of talking through your backside... I think is a bit rich I mean every now and then Alex Games like this will come along And serve as a reminder To anyone Who was in any doubt About The, the gulf that can exist Between Celtic and Kilmarnock Or teams like that That's what we saw Essentially on Saturday Of course uh, Stevie Clark's perfectly entitled To talk about the defensive Issues Real that teams, he had yeah. um, They clearly aren't going to help um, But you know Those are two sides That if, if both Performing at their best there's a gap there, obviously. Yeah, listen, I think Kamarnock um, have done a remarkable job. He's right in what he says. And if you take this half, if he negotiates the next four ties, they'll be absolutely delighted with the, the, the start of this season, uh, the first half. In terms of the levels, Gordon, Celtic are miles ahead. And I think in any given day, I think Celtic can do what they did to anyone uh, within the division. And, and the... the I think he was right in saying that the riches that Celtic have to freshen up six or seven players as well. And it just gives you an idea of what managers are actually dealing with at that level. But uh, he, he didn't use it as an excuse. He was very complimentary and rightly so of Celtic mm. because they steamrolled him. Michael Connors on Twitter at Clyde SSB if you want to join. He says, if Celtic can pull a performance out of the bag on Thursday, then the early season wobble is forgotten. Top of the league, League Cup winners, last 32 of Europa League and still the Scottish Cup to play for. The way we're playing, I wouldn't put it past us. Let's get the thoughts of Stephen and Coat Bridge. What pleased you most about Saturday, Stephen? Overall performance of every single player uh, They were just outstanding Saturday uh, It could have been a cricket score It could have been double figures uh, They were just outstanding The way we moved the ball uh, quickly The quick passing, the one-twos uh, And what I will say, you know I'm a big, big admirer He's uh, Scott Brown He's been a fantastic 70s But with, if you leave Scott Brown in that team I think we moved the ball quicker Because what Scott tended to do He, he tended to slow the game down Whereas now the team are, are passing the ball quicker, uh, especially on Saturday. The, the passing was a joy to watch. Uh, got a big game on Thursday night, as uh, you just spoke about. Uh, all we need is a draw or a win, uh, and I think we're more than capable of that at Celtic Park. We have a sellout crowd, and the disco lights on. It's all set for uh, for another great European night at Celtic. I just hope that we can get either the point or the three points to get through it in the last 32. And as the last caller says, League Cup's in the bag. As far as I'm concerned, uh, the league's over. Uh, uh, it was Kenny Miller ended uh, the Rangers International Football Club's uh, chances of a league win, uh, and now it's on to the Scottish Cup. So uh, we're in everything, you know. I mean, we've got chances of treble, treble. Uh, we're playing some brilliant football. We're coming to form at the right time. So I'm happy. I'm really happy with the, the only playing. problem for Thursday night, of course, is that uh, RB Salzburg come here having. Won 15 points from 5 games And they want 18 points from 6 games Do you think they do? I mean obviously they, they would like that But how, how high on their list of priorities will that be? Well You know we'll know when the game starts But they, they talk a good game uh, You know that they're miles in front At the top of the, the league in Austria uh, And they are Promising to come here And Maintain their unbeaten record And if they approach the match in that fashion Then Celtic will have uh, Their work cut out Having said that uh, Celtic for me reached New heights uh, for this season On Saturday mm. uh, It promises to be A tremendous match 
Uh, thank you to Stephen and Coat Bridge Hugh Keevens We had our sports auction On yes. Saturday uh, I said tonight We were going to find out Who the winner of our Road to Wembley Prize was Shall we do that? Yes Let's do it now Hello who's that? Uh, my name's Margaret Burns Margaret Burns How are you? It's Gordon Duncan and Hugh Keevens From Clyde One Super Scoreboard Here are you well? Oh I'm very well thank you <laughs> Now <laughs> Margaret Correct me if you're wrong but If I'm wrong Margaret You entered a Road to Wembley Competition You text away Five did, pounds it cost you, do you remember? I did that on Saturday on the way home for the football, yep. Good stuff. Well, I'm pleased to tell you that you've won. So wow. you and someone else, this is the big part where you have to decide who are going to be heading off to the FA Cup final. Should you start with a champagne breakfast at the grill room at 29 or Regano in Glasgow, driven to Glasgow Airport, flying to London, two nights accommodation in a five-star hotel in London's West End, Tickets to the FA Cup final and flown back up the road. Hugh Keevens is desperate oh, to come with you. Who who would it be? Who's going to be the, the my lucky my partner? My husband, John. Right, Hugh. I'm sorry, John's right, John's I, got I, first dibs on. I fully understand. <laughs> Good stuff, well, Margaret. I bet you're glad you entered. We're I'm glad you entered. Absolutely, I can't believe that. I'm gobsmacked. I never win anything. <laughs> well, you do now, Margaret. Hopefully, uh, you manage to go and enjoy the weekend. Uh, have a great time on us. Thank you. <laughs> See you later. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well done, Margaret. And should I just say to you, Gordon, uh, on top of all the money that we raised uh, on Saturday, uh, a pal of mine has said to me on Saturday night on his way home from the football, like Margaret, that he would like to give me a cheque for £500 to give to Cash for Kids. It's Brian Mellon from Mellon Money Managers, and he has given me £500. Thank you, Brian. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you. Thank you to everyone else. Over £31,000 raised in the sports auction at the weekend to children who, unfortunately, really do need it the most. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. It's Hugh Evans and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard where we've been going over some of the big talking points from the weekend. Hugh Keevens, um mainly Celtic getting back to the top with a, uh, a fairly convincing demolition of Kilmarnock. Rangers struggles yesterday. What else was on your mind? Well, I mean, St Johnston going to Petaudry, having a very convincing 2-0 win. Uh, as Alex said earlier on, they've got uh, Rangers to play before the end of the month. That, that can be uh, another pest for Rangers. Uh, Neil Lennon getting his first points for some time on the road. Uh, it might not have been the most convincing, but at least it sets them up for the visit of Celtic next Sunday. So... Lots going on, some of it unsavoury. I know that we're going to get into it later on in the programme, but, you know, in England, they're having their problem with Raheem Sterling and the awful scenes at Stamford Bridge. And sadly, we are not above it either because two arrests made at Tynecastle at the weekend. Stephen Robinson, the mother manager, referring to behaviour from the Dark Ages. Uh, and we'll get into that later On the field uh, Lewis McInnes says We uh, He's talking about Rangers He says Have spent 2 million on Katic But Gerard keeps chopping and changing For Worrell And is ruining the partnership That Katic and Goldson had We should be focusing on points Not developing another club's players Regardless of the loan agreement Scott is a Rangers fan in Kirk and Tillock What's on your mind after the weekend Scott? Um, well j- Just before that I make the point about the game um, yesterday and what was very noticeable. I wanted to ask Alec Ray, obviously him being a, a football player. Alec, see see when, when teams are training professional football, yep. did they practice shooting on goals? Because see a part of Candia scoring a flick against the Burn, 
Yeah. I don't know how many games we've played since August. It might be 30 games. I can't tell you the last time I've seen Rangers shooting through outside the goal. It's, we're so predictable, and I'm watching the game, and I'm, I can't understand. When you look at the background and the history of Gerrard especially, is he no encouraging players to shoot and goals? We do not shoot at the goalkeeper outside the box. Yeah. I wanted to ask you why, what you think the reason is for that. For me, it's to do with the modern-day footballer. You know, I, I grew up in an era, and they actually used to call me at Millwall Hotshot Hamish, because as soon as I get anything... <laughs> As soon as I get into 30 yards, uh, Scott, from goals, I was always looking to pull the trigger. Uh, and when I look at it now, they're all looking to try and do a wee slotted pass. They, they try and slow the ball. Uh, so, you know, I'm trying to look thinky ones over the course. I know Arfield breaks for the middle of the park and he's always looking to get a, a shot off. Ajari is a bit more of a... He's trying to do drive-backs, he's trying to do... And he's is he, is to he do struggling a little bit for an identity in, in there in terms yeah. of... Specifically what he brings and, and if he brings it often enough Yeah I, I think he's one of the ones That's struggling for this rotation as well One week he's in The next week he's out There's no fluency there So he's struggling as well At the moment And uh, I, I look at um, Koulibaly I don't quite see A great deal of goals in him Ryan Jack Again he, And it's interesting If you even want to Just take it back to yesterday I'm looking at Rossiter And I'm looking at Jack The two of them are identical They're looking to play the ball They're playing five yard passes And again with the greatest will in the world Dundee get back in numbers And There's no Purpose about the way Rangers are playing So Scott to get back to They do do shooting I know that for a fact Every single club I've ever been at Or watched training They do shooting on a regular basis They do it in a, You know Every day There'll be a group of players Who'll grab a couple of bags of balls They'll get the reserve keeper Or the first team Depending Who's available And they'll do shots They'll do free kicks And You know If anything I think these guys are doing more of this stuff than they did back in their day, you know, uh, you know. So they're getting ev- every uh, opportunity to do this. But for me, it's you know, what, listen. See when I see like the Celtic boys, I look at Rogic must get a couple of shots per game. I look at Christie getting shots off. So there's certain types of players. You know, I look at Rangers. I don't quite see that kind of uh, hunger uh, to shoot from outside the box, and 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 it all becomes very pedestrian, and and it allows teams to get back and recover. Scott. I know, spot on with that. That, that. You actually stole my thunder. The other thing I was going to mention there is I could not understand yesterday when the game started. We're playing the bottom of the team, Dundee. Dundee are never going to press us, yet we play two midfield holding players, as in Rossiter and Jack. Yeah. Does not make sense for me one little bit. I couldn't understand it. And as I say, I'm a massive Gerard fan, but he's, he's, he's making a few mistakes now that obviously he's going to because he's a new manager. But And we're, we're playing... The quality we're crossing is absolutely shocking. I sat with my boy yesterday watching the football and I think we counted, I don't know, something between 25 and 30 crosses and I don't think we could, we couldn't we could even get in the end of one of them because the crosses were either poor quality or I was just not in the box to, to connect to them. Yeah, well, I think that goes, sorry Hugh, I think that goes back to the Morelos thing in terms of the chances that he kind of converts but for me, it's one of the issues, uh, the cohesion between the wider guys and the actual delivery into the box. Um, I, I, watching yesterday's game There was nothing It was They weren't beating the first man um, Barisic came on And put a couple of lovely balls on But he doesn't look Up to speed to me either Because You know I think he's been out for 9 or 10 weeks That was his first game back from I think it was 30th of September So he didn't He wasn't getting to the byline So it was more deeper crosses uh, Which which he was delivering So um, Unfortunately But going back to the Rossiter Ryan Jack Scenario For me the two of them are the same Now if you just look across the road to Celtic, they've got one sitter in McGregor, they've got Rogic and Christie 
are the two that are bringing forward and for me they should have been more another offensive player in the Rangers midfield uh, Callum's also a Rangers fan on the line from Cow Cadden's uh, first time you've called in Callum so what, what made you call in tonight? Well it's just um, maybe a different point of view that most things are fair tonight but at the same time I'm a Rangers fan I don't want to sound too bad to Stephen Gerrard but my point is if we past Rangers managers such as Cassinia or Warburton or MD had had these results recently getting beat at home to Aberdeen drawn to the bottom team in the league I mean would that be acceptable? I know we've played well in Europe and we've done well I have to uh, say he's lost one game but I, I, ha- just, I have to say I think we're reaching hysterical proportions now you know, we've already had the word crisis, not used by Alec Ray or me, but by a Ranger supporter who thinks crisis time has come. Well, he said it could be brewing, to be fair. He didn't say it was here at the moment yeah. he was forecasting. Uh, but uh, now Callum is, is suggesting something similar. And Well, well, I didn't, su- I didn't suggest really anything. I'd, as a Rangers fan, I don't really want to suggest anything. But... Uh, you said earlier, Chick, that the, the old firm on the 29th. As soon as, as, soon as Chick turns up, we'll, we'll ask him about that. But uh, in, the, in the meantime. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Don't apologise, Callum. That, that was, was great. That's made my night. But anyway, <laughs> as I say, I think we are reaching hysterical proportions because Rangers are two points behind Celtic. I, I do know that Celtic have a game in hand. And I do know that Celtic on. Saturday played magnificent football and I do know they have the first trophy of the season and uh, they are hopeful of winning the treble treble however to to, to question Stephen Gerrard's future on the back of a draw uh, again, and a I, defeat I'm not sure Callum's questioning his future what yeah, Callum's I'm trying not, to get I'm to the, no I've got you I think Callum's are you trying to say, Callum, that perhaps you should be getting a, 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 more a bit more, a bit more blame rather than all the blame on the players? Is that what we're getting yeah, at? Yeah, and my point was, sorry, when, when Stephen Gerrard came out before his statement about um, he, he now knows the players that he, he can pick that he trusts, but all every one of the players, or the majority maybe that he bought the players, Stephen Gerrard brought the players in to the club. Yeah, that's a fair point. And as I said earlier on, uh, for the first time in his post-match interviews, he sounded like a man approaching the end of his tether with some of them. And you're you're perfectly right. He brought them in, and you know, perhaps not all of his acquisitions will turn out to be uh, long-term Rangers players. Uh, but I think the Rangers supporters, I do understand the depth of the disappointment. They've watched Celtic win the first trophy of the season. They've then failed to beat the team that Celtic took care of in that cup final. They've dropped another two points to the the team who started yesterday afternoon as the bottom side in the division. So I do understand the disappointment. And of course, Stephen Gerrard is getting his share of the blame here tonight for a, a rotation policy that isn't working. But I think the Rangers supporters just need to Keep calm for the moment. Beat the pundit. With goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. Thank you, it's Callum in Cowcaddens. Give us a call back anytime. Callum Robs on Twitter says it's not a crisis, but it's clear that one window wasn't enough. And this shouldn't be a surprise. We desperately need more of a threat going forward from midfield. Players there don't provide enough of a goal threat 
Or ability to break teams down Let's park the football for a moment And play Beat the Pundit The chance for you to kick off your week uh, By getting one over On Hugh Keevans or Alex Ray And this week Just for getting on You don't even need to get any questions right Just for getting through You're going to win yourself a pair of tickets To a Legends of Scottish football event With Colin Steen and Willie Johnson It's at the Glasgow Royal Concert Hall On the 10th of January Ideal stocking filler that 01419511025 You only have until the news at 7 o'clock if you want to play Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We have been looking back on some of the big talking points from the weekend Rangers dropping points uh, at Dens Park uh, And Celtic convincingly beating Kilmarnock at home on Saturday uh, We're about to hear from PFA Scotland's Chief Executive Fraser Wishart They've issued a statement today um, Saying it's incredibly disappointing to see the recent rise in verbal racist attacks In Scottish football in the last few weeks Clearly uh, not a happy-go-lucky topic Something that we in many ways wish We didn't have to talk about Hugh Keevans no. But it's serious business And we will do so And we'll get to that after this Beat the Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL latest Every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday Beat the Pundit time <laughs> After the previous caller called Hugh Chick uh, <laughs> Tonight's Beat the Pundit contestant is called Chick Whether you, you know bro. Spooky or what? Chick is a Rangers fan from Steps How are you tonight Chick? Absolutely fine, thank you Good stuff now Chick, you're a Rangers fan And just for getting through You've already won yourself a pair of tickets uh, To an evening with two Barcelona Bears It's Colin Steen and Willie Johnson A Legends of Scottish Football event At the Concert Hall on the 10th of January 2019 Sound good? Absolutely fantastic Good man Thank you 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 can go along and enjoy your night Or maybe even give them away as a Christmas gift I don't know But let's see who you're going to be up against Heads It is Hugh Keevans Tails It is Alex Ray And it is Heads Hugh Keevans up against Chick from Step So let me give Hugh A bit of the old Clyde 2 in his ear So that he doesn't know what you're saying And we'll get your time ready It's the first time you've played Chick So here's the deal You've got 30 seconds You're going head to head with Hugh You can pass Here's your chance to beat the pundit You ready? (laughs) Okay Name any one of the sides in Scotland's women's teams group at the World Cup. Glasgow City. Which side won the Copa Libertadores last night? Yeah, my dad. Who's currently top of the English Premier League? Liverpool. What nationality is Hamilton forward Frederick Brustad? Hungarian. How many current Premiership clubs in Scotland has Kenny Miller played for? Four. Apoel Nicosia are current champions of which country? Okay, but at all, let's get Hugh Keevans back. Mr. Keevans, can you hear us? I can. You can. Same set of questions to you, shall we? Okay. Name any one of the sides in Scotland women's teams group for the World Cup. England. Which side won the Copa Libertadores last night? Boca Juniors. Who are currently top of the English Premier League? Uh, It's uh, Liverpool. What nationality is Hamilton forward Frederick Brustad? German. How many current Scottish Premiership clubs has Kenny Miller played for? Four. Apoel Nicosia are the current champions of which country? Cyprus. And if you play a league game at Oakville View this season, which division would you be in? Division two. There's a man who used to who, who deals in old money. Division two. How long has it been since it was called Division Two? What do we call it then? League Two. Well, that would be wrong anyway, but we'll get to that. Uh, right. Bottom one. <laughs> no. Uh, check, what do you think? 
I think I got three, but I think Hugh's probably just spent maybe seven. <laughs> I think it's close. Let's go through them. Uh, name any one side that Scotland's women's national team will face at the World Cup. You had the choice between Japan, England, or Argentina. I think you didn't really hear the question check. You dived in on that one. So uh, you said Glasgow City. Hugh got it right. 1 0 to Hugh. Second one, which side won the Copa Libertadores last night? Hugh, it was the other one. Oh, <laughs> It was River Plate. Did you watch it? No, no I didn't know No neither did I Christmas I was, just wondering. I was away here yeah. uh, Anyway So none of you got that right 1-0 To Hugh Keevans Who's top of the English Premier League It is Liverpool You both got it right So it's 2-1 to Hugh Keevans What nationality is Hamilton forward Frederick Brustad He is Norwegian So it stays as it was 2-1 How many current Scottish Premiership clubs Has Kenny Miller played for Let's think out loud uh, Hibs, Rangers Celtic well, Forgot about Celtic <laughs> And Livingston Yeah Five So none of you got it right uh, So it's 2-1 still to Hugh Apoel Nicosia oh. Are the champions of Cyprus You both got it It goes 3-2 to Hugh Keevans And uh, you got this one wrong anyway Scottish League 1 Oakleview is, is generally where you would find a fixture in that division It didn't matter in the end Because Hugh got two And Hugh got three I should say And Chick you only got two Hard lines Ah, that's alright That wasn't too bad for Hugh Keevans anyway <laughs> Good man and you, and you got the tickets anyway Chick is off to that Legends of Scottish Football event At the Concert Hall on the 10th of January With Colin Steen and Willie Johnson Your chance to win tickets all this week On Beat the Pundit There'll be a few tales to tell that night oh, I'm sure Hugh Keevans a, a generation of men uh, Whether it was the, the, the Rangers team who won in Barcelona Or the Celtic team who won in Lisbon A generation of men you could sit and listen to all night long. I've been fortunate enough to be in both a company with Willie Johnson, is uh, yeah. a character. He was my coach at Falkirk, who I think he was about 40. And we used to train in the car park, there was potholes and everything. And you know, he used to still win the sprints. Really? That's how, honestly, how sharp he was, it was phenomenal. And he liked a wee glass and a glass of Yeah, vino. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, right, some unsavory incidents to discuss. Um, Hearts have banned two fans, Hugh After yeah. Motherwell substitute Christian Mbulu Was allegedly subjected to racial abuse During the Premiership game at the weekend We've had a couple recently This is not about trying to, to mention every single one That's not no. the point In the last couple of weeks Scott Sinclair reacted in social media uh, To a video of abuse being aimed at him In last week's cup final against Aberdeen um, Clearly not a situation we want to be in you know, Obviously okay. I listened to Derek McKenna speak about it And it was one of his fans uh, Who disgraced the club and himself uh, With regard to Scott Sinclair And and he was just appalled, Derek Because these are men and women Of the utmost respectability And budge Self-made millionaires Who takes on that club And transforms their fortunes Craig Levine Another man of the highest Character And they've got morons there Who are dragging their club's name through the mud And remember it was Falkirk fans Who racially abused their own player What kind of demented mm. country is that? Uh, Fraser Wishart, Chief Executive of the, the Scottish PFA Joins us on the line at the moment Fraser, thanks for joining us, how are you? I'm very well Gordon, good evening Yeah, I mean Fraser, fairly obvious I'd like to speak to you under um, sort of happier circumstances yeah. you, your, organi- your association put out a, a statement today I guess over to you just to, to repeat that and, and, and explain what that involves and, and why you felt the need Well, I mean, I've spoken of, of wider abuse of players in, in recent months And I think the last time I, I made a statement It was mentioning Groundhog Day because of abuse that was being 
hurled at players, you know, not it wasn't recent abuse at that time, but there was all sorts of abuse and uh, you had unsavoury incidents at Tyne Castle involving Neil Lennon and uh, Zdenek Lamal. But uh, this time, of course, it's about racist abuse. And um, while I think it's not but it's wrong to just point the finger at football, it's a societal problem, you know, and it's reflected in football. And I think we are seeing a rise in right-wing nationalism and uh, where you see things happen in, in the media, you have to see things happen in telly, you things at other football grounds, for example, down in England. People think it's okay to be copycats. And uh, I think the one thing you can take from this is that football is united in all of this, and you spoke very well about Derek McInnes, you know, just, I mean, people are exasperated within football about supporters of their own clubs and their behaviour, and, it, and it's totally unacceptable, and I'll repeat again, that a football player's workplace is the football ground, and uh, for a young Christian Mbula to be subject to that at half-time when he's warming up, I think, uh, for a young lad who's come here from England, you know, what do they think of our, of, our, of our game and our people? I'm sure he's got a positive view on it, and, and when the time when our game is, is doing so well, and we've got an exciting season ahead of us. It's just so disappointing that once again we are talking about incidents involving supporters abusing players. Fraser, I, I absolutely agree with you that it, it's society's problem, but society's misfits are inside football grounds. Yes. And how do we actually stop this from happening? Because clubs are powerless. They can't legislate for two halfwits who abuse a, a young mother player because of the colour of his skin. I do accept it's society's problem, but how do we even begin to try to stop it when the misfits are inside our football grounds? Well, what we can do is we can try and silence people. And, and over the years, you know, I've, I've been involved and heavily involved in showracers and the red card campaign. And it's not an enforcement agency, showracers and the red card, but it's, it's done some wonderful work dealing with young people and educating young people in schools and universities. And you get people my age, Hugh, and your age, who, who are, it's ingrained in them. And I don't think you can change people's mentalities, unfortunately. But what we can do is try and keep them quiet. And I think some of it sometimes is fueled by social media and message boards. But I think, in a sense, so much can come good of social media and supporters as well. Because in recent incidents, um, with the modern day mobile phones and, and camera footage, supporters of these clubs have actually sought out the culprits of their own support, you know, fellow supporters of their clubs. And I, th I think the, the, the good supporters of these football clubs should be congratulated for doing that because we can then identify the culprits, pass them on to authorities. And what we've got to remember is that racism, sectarianism, any kind of discrimination of that type is a hate crime and it's, and it's actually against the law. So what we can do is we can ban them from football, we can use the good supporters and the, the social media and the message boards to, to identify the culprits and pass them on to the authorities and hopefully hopefully they'll come down hard on them. Um, Alex Ray, from a, a professional footballer's point of view, you know, having been in, in the dressing room, perhaps played against or, or shared dressing rooms with guys that have um, received similar abuse, I mean, how well, utterly shameful is it that we're still talking about it in, in 2018? I mean, your career's spanning back a bit further. Yeah. Um, it's clearly never been acceptable, but the, there was a time that we thought perhaps we had left behind. Uh, for me, uh, it seemed as if it had been in the past. Uh, I think it's gathering momentum, Gordon. You look across the board, England, Scotland, all over the place. And and I think Fraser hits on the point there as well. It's not just racist, it's, it's abuse in general. And it, people feel as if that's acceptable. I think Fraser touches on a really interesting point as well there in terms of it's your workplace. Why should you be subjected to abuse, whether it be racism or any other abuse for that matter? Because you have to take it into context as well. We, we've done some good stuff on this show and across the PFA 
other shows talking about mental health. You don't actually know what's going on with certain individuals as well. You know, uh, they could be uh, vulnerable and this could actually just trigger them off. And, and we need to be careful in what we're doing as a, as a society. And, and I agree with the fellas in terms of that's exactly what this is. This is a, a social problem mm. and we need to get on top of it. And I think self-policing, as Fraser just said there, is absolutely spot on because... That's not dr- easy though, is it? No, but it, is, it isn't, Gordon. And it sometimes takes the bigger man because... You look at the actual aftermath, you know, it's across the board. People are talking about it all over the television, all over the media, that, you know, Hart's reputation has been tarnished. You look at the, the Chelsea uh, debacle at the weekend, it's shameful. And when you actually see grown men behaving in the manner and what they're doing, they really have to have a, a good look you at themselves. You have to end the culture of, oh, I'm not going to turn my pal in. Yes, you do. Turn them in. He's shaming you, he's shaming your club. Help the authorities, help your club. Name and well, shame. Uh, Alan Bow showed me the, the video, Hugh, and you're absolutely right, you know, and uh, afterwards I think it was somebody in the, in the media team that, that, that did it. And, you know, we were in, I've been involved in this game a long time and I've been involved in it's a challenging racism and sectarian, etc. for a long time. And yet it still, it still leaves a horrible tasting about, you know, a real lump in your throat when you, when you see what's going on. But... On this show, and then wider media, and through the PFA, and through players supporting shows and the red card, and uh, the forney of action, and going along to schools events and teaching young people, we can continue to challenge those with discriminatory views. I don't think we'll ever change a lot of them, but we can just keep up the fight. And Scottish football, in a good place just now, and diversity adds hugely to our game. I mean, I was lucky enough to play with players from, and play against players from all over the world, and, and that type of diversity... It adds to our game, blessed to have that, and that's why it's hugely disappointing to, to, to have to talk about, about this. But we, we, we don't remain silent like many, many years ago when it was really brushed under the carpet and like the Mark Walters and people had, and Paul Elliott suffered terrible times. Um, we are now in a place where I think the majority, vast majority of people who go and watch football and are involved in football are, are appalled by this. And we can use it as a force for good, you know, but we've got to challenge these people. We've got to refer them back to the authorities. And we've got to ban them from football grounds because uh, our game's in a good place and we need to keep improving and keep advertising the product rather than talking about what's going on just now. What sort of advice do you offer the, the players, Fraser? Because, um, I mean, Raheem Sterling, I bring it up purely because it's a, a high-profile example. It's maybe not one for us north of the border, but you see him acknowledging it. I mean, he heard what was said and he, he laughed it off. He treated it with a bit of contempt. He laughed it off and he got on with it. We've seen... Um, Examples across the continent where people say, "Well, you know, why why should these guys get on with it? They should make a stand. They should walk off the field, and um, whatever that may be." What, what sort of practical advice do you do you give to the players, if if any? We certainly say to players they should report it to the referee. You know, that's what they should do first and foremost: report it to the referee. And, and I think there's a, there's a role there for the referee to play in terms of of, of how. In some countries, they have walked off. That's where it's been almost sustained racist abuse, you know. Um, but uh, afterwards, I mean, we always make contact with all these players you mentioned. We'll make contact with them. We, we've, uh, as Alex was saying there, mental health has become a, a huge, a huge uh, area for us to address as a union. We have a terrific support network, which is called Support, which is confidential, and any player at, at all can get access to that. So we, we make contact with all the players. We say we're here for you. Um, but players are quite hardy lads in, in these circumstances, you know, and I really admire Christian and Bull and Scott Sinclair and all the rest of them and, and Raheem Sterling for standing up to be counted. And I think Raheem has, 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 has embarrassed everybody, you know, and including getting the media to think about how they report on matters. And when guys like that do it, you've just got a huge admiration for them. But uh, we as a union, we're always there for these guys. We always make contact with them. 
um, and, and were there for, to, to give them any, any support. But uh, again, they shouldn't have to put up with it. It's, it's, it's an awful thing, and uh, I think when we're standing here talking about it, uh, uh, myself as a white middle-aged man nowadays, I, I just can't picture myself in, in those shoes and, and the, the feeling and the despair that some of these guys must feel. So we've got to be there for them, and I think football will continue to challenge those discriminatory views and, and, and we'll try and embrace equality and diversity. Well, we wish you very well with uh, the work that you do, Fraser, and uh, you know it has to continue and it has to intensify because uh, they're out there and they're coming back in distressing numbers. So good luck. Yeah, it's a modern world to you, and I think the, the environment that the world's in at the moment, without going into the whole sociological um, debate about things, that uh, people people seem to now think that uh, haven't been silent for all these years, it's now okay to say these things and to, and to speak your mind. It's not, and uh, thankfully. Shows like this are great as well, and all of the, the wider media as well. Keep addressing it, keep highlighting it, and keep being positive about it, about the, the, the anti-racist campaigns that are going on. And we can just continue to challenge these these people with these views. But uh, sadly, we're going to have to keep doing that, and we can't get complacent. Okay, thank you to Fraser Wishart, Chief Executive of the Scottish PFA. Uh, again, Hugh, if you're an idealist, it's a conversation you rather wouldn't have, but but you have to address these things and you have to uh, face them head on. The people who Booed Christian and Boo at Tynecastle. Heart supporters who look at black players in the Heart team. How stupid do you need to be to boo a black player from another team when you are thereby embarrassing and humiliating the black players in your team? There is perhaps a, a wider issue here. Fraser's spoken about it in the past, Alex, yeah. uh, just generally. Um, I mean, I know there's a notion that fans who, by the way, Pay a lot of money to get into ground. You know, I, I pay my money. I'm entitled to, to, to shout what I want. Clearly, there's a line. My goodness, let me let me be very clear about that. Um, perhaps a bit more understanding of this notion that that players aren't bulletproof, and that yes, they can be criticised for performances and all the rest of it. But there has to be an understanding that these are human, human beings, beings, absolutely, and you don't know what's going on inside their heads, and you don't know what's going on when they go home and, and close the front door at night, yeah. and all the rest of it. Just a bit, and listen, I don't think anyone's saying that everything has to become completely sanitised, but just a bit more consideration. I don't, that's clearly not too much to ask. No, absolutely. I think I think you made a very valid point, Gordon, and I think it's about trying to, you know, listen, we don't want to take the emotion that the fans bring to the game, and, you know, uh, but it's, there's a, as you rightly said there, there is a line, and uh, it, it cannot be crossed, Gordon. And, and if there has, we, we encourage people to try and police it themselves, uh, as, as he said, uh, if it's a player. Report to the referee If there's someone Abusing someone side, Report to a steward Try and get a, a police officer To come along and deal with it On a slightly Well on a much lighter note Stephen Ray says I thought Hugh Was a proper football man How can he miss The Libertadores final For that celebrity Jungle thingy Well because Lady <laughs> Keevans Demanded that we see If Harry Redknapp Won it And uh, you know Harry and me You were just sticking up For the over 65s exactly. you? Harry and me Old men rule Oh, Harry was magnificent, though, wasn't he? Yes. I mean, listen, this is a football show. We'll get back to that in a second. But he was magnificent. You know, the thing that struck me last night with the thing in terms of all the emotion and over the last three weeks we've watched him, the one thing that struck a chord with me when he, his acceptance speech at the end, he says, How lonely going back again. Football the management. Football yeah. management can yeah. be. You've got all these players round about you, coaching staff, and you're left with your own head to, to deal with you know the ups and downs of we it all. So it was prevalent. We need great characters in this world. And I mean, good characters. Men who put a smile on your face Women who put a smile on your face 
Harry Redknapp is one of those uh, and that was your TV review with Hugh Evans and Alex Ray. It's 01419511025 to join us on the phones. Twitter is at Clyde SSB. I'm quite keen to hear from you, St Mirren fans. We're going to keep looking back on, on Rangers and Celtic, of course, from the weekend. But St Mirren fans, your manager, Oren Kearney, embarrassed by the performance at the weekend. What do you make of that? 01419511025. Full time teaser is next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets results every week Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard uh, Give us a call or send us a tweet uh, We'll keep looking back on the big talking points from uh, the Celtic and the Rangers games from the weekend I did say I want to hear from you St Mirren fans The manager was embarrassed by the performance Is that harsh or do you agree? 0141-951-1025 We'll hear from Oren Kearney very soon Let's get the full-time teaser up and running The first full-time teaser of the week If you don't know what the full-time teaser's all about That's when you send the questions to us And we give the guys about the last half an hour of the show To try and come up with the answers If you like the sound of that Send your questions in to fulltime at clyde1.com I'm a bit suspicious about this question, Hugh Because three different people sent it in today <laughs> Which makes wow. me think It's popped up somewhere else But I'm alright I don't mind that uh, So Dale Handley KJ Styles, Tony Higgins You've all sent the same question You can all get the credit for it 13 players Have made 500 or more English Premier League Appearances Can you name them? Wayne Rooney Shearer Giggs Wayne Rooney is not one Ryan Giggs is one Alan Shearer Nope Sheringham Nope It's got to be David Speed Who? David Speed Gary Gary Speed The Gary late Speed. great Gary Speed Yes Gary Speed Ryan Giggs Gary Speed Skulls um, Nope Ferdinand What one? Rio Yes one more guess from you, Hugh Keevans. Pressman, the goalkeeper. Who? Is it Pressman? <laughs> Pressman? Who the uh, earth is Pressman? Sheffield Wednesday keeper. He was there for a, a uh, 40 year. <laughs> uh, you've lost me. It's not right anyway, don't worry about that. David Seaman? No. All right, that's enough to get us up and running. We're looking for the 13 players who've made 500 or more English Premier League appearances. Guys like Ryan Giggs, uh, Gary Speed. And Rio Ferdinand So you've got three You're looking for another ten St Mirren fans Where are you? Come on 01419511025 Before that though Charlie's an, uh, a Rangers fan From Airdrie What's your point tonight Charlie? Uh, it's about Rangers obviously um, well, I believe that's the league That's the league finish The season's over As far as I'm concerned um, It stands back to the time We get beat by Livingston um, Yesterday Drawing 1-1 one, one, We're a team Going down to ten men Getting knocked to the semi-final In the cup Getting beat with Aberdeen at Ibrox and heading out to Vienna on Thursday night. Um, don't give as much chance for that. So, as far as I'm concerned, I'll still go to the games, but uh, the season's over. If I said to Brendan Rogers tonight on the 10th of September, uh, December, so Brendan, that's it then, the league's done and dusted, congratulations, eight in a row, Brendan Rogers would laugh in my face because. It looks as if Celtic are now motoring And have hit the kind of form That will make them irresistible But 
I repeat If I said to the Celtic manager The league's over On the 10th of December He would laugh in my face I mean Charlie The obvious response to To that was, Would be to Look at the points total And say that surely in December That is at least a A gap that could be bridged I'm not saying it's going to be But I mean it's, it's clearly Not out of sight yet Surely We're stuttering and Stuttering And stuttering you don't know what team is going to turn up at Ibro. Any time Rangers are playing, you don't know what team is going to turn up. Q keeps on going on about Celtic, Celtic, Celtic all the time, right? When we play Celtic, we get three points if we beat them. We've not beaten since 2016 in penalties in the Cup. And there, as I say, we're still going to, as another guy was saying, we're still going to beat all these other teams, Hamilton and all the rest of them. We can't play against these teams, these wee teams, so-called wee teams compared to us. I mean, bottom of the league. I mean, it's out of order. I mean, ten men were doing it. And another thing is, um, I'm not a, a holiday fan, right? And if we've got to, we've got to depend on uh, holiday scoring a goal for us, right? Uh, we we brought all eight players in, and holiday's been there since 2016 or before that. And if you've got to wait and him scoring a goal for us so we can get a draw, I don't think that's, I don't think that's, it's just out of order. And another thing, see Tavernier, Tavernier's need to get moved on. He is absolutely playing rubbish. Uh, I said it for the start, McGregor should be captain. The game against Aberdeen, uh, McGregor was up nearly in Aberdeen's half, trying to tell people what to do and all the rest of it. Tavernier was doing nothing. Alex, listen, the scattergun is out Listen, I, I think I can understand Charlie's frustration But you have to put it in context as well, Gordon Seven days ago, we were on a show Praising Rangers to the hill Now every player in the place is hopeless And they're all over the place Now, on the back of these last two games You know, that it's extremely difficult So you have to take it at the here and now It's how they respond over to the coming games, Gordon As I said, they've obviously got to negotiate The, the European tie on Thursday They've got Hamilton at home, which you would just on paper, you would say that, you know, with the home form and things, you know, you expect them to take three points. Then they have to negotiate a couple of games against Hibs and St Johnston before they get to Celtic. But I think it's a work in progress with Stephen Gerrard. You know, he, he, as you said, he's got that first transfer window. 15 players come in. Up until last week, most players were people were saying, other than Sadiq, most of them have settled in. Haven't seen the last couple of games. You're starting to look at players and go, wait a minute here. You Who know, in particular? Well, I think I think Big Warrow has gone back. You know, initially when I saw him, I thought, you know, he's looking decent. In the middle of the park, you're looking to say, do we need more reinforcements in terms of players that were a bit more flair going from middle to front? Because there's so many players, Koulibaly, Jack, Rossiter, they're all similar. I think one of the things as well... Was Jaria supposed to be that, that one? I think I, I think he's a more offensive. I think he's more of a number ten. I think they need someone who is specifically middle to front. I think Ajaria's been a midfielder, but he looks a bit lightweight at times. He's technically very good. He hasn't developed, but so he may well be someone you know maybe try and move on as well, go back to Liverpool. Um, but they need to get players in to do the job here and now, Gordon, because um, come January, the end of January, they need to hit the ground running again because. If it becomes a big gap, then question marks will be asked whether Stephen Gerrard's the right appointment. Okay, thank you to Charlie and Airdrie. It's 01419511025 to join him. St Mirren fans, I keep saying I want to hear from you, uh, because Oren Kearney says he was embarrassed by the performance on Saturday as they lost 3-1 to Livingston. He branded the second half display unacceptable and accused his players of having a fear of winning. 
Boris, to be honest with you, and that's probably that's probably putting it mildly from having probably as not the perfect first half performance, but in in the outcome of the first half and how we managed the game, how we passed the ball, and how we probably managed an away performance. I think you couldn't ask for much more. And where that second half came out of, to be honest with you, it's just um, I'm just embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for the fans, the club. I'm embarrassed for everybody at the club, to be honest, because it's just. Unacceptable. It's even more frustrating when you take the lead for the second game running and aren't able to hold on to Yeah, I can accept in the predicament we're in if we go away and we lose a couple of goals and where our players are at at the minute they feel they're never going to get back into the game and it's happened a few times this year maybe against like say Aberdeen away from home and teams like that. I can accept and you can sort of have an understanding of why that performance takes place but the hardest thing in this league I think is to get the first goal and to get your tails in front and the fact that we do that and we put ourselves in that good position um, and then the inability, to be honest with you, just to just to cope with you know, people talk about a fear of failure. I think you know a fear a fear to win probably is is, is, is what strikes me about um, how they've gone into their shells in the second half. They lost their bottle, simple as that. They were appalling at Livingston, quite awful. Uh, the goals that they lost were laughable, and when the manager calls them embarrassing, uh, then I think it's a serious time of the season for them. I I. I don't have much confidence in St Mirren's ability to stay in this league because I think that Jim McIntyre, not just because of his result yesterday, but Jim McIntyre has now got his feet under the table at Dens Park. He's getting better performances. He's got Kenny Miller, who has uh, scored six times his last four games. Uh, So he has the makings of survival there, which didn't look possible at one stage. I'm not so sure that St Mirren have the capability to fashion their own survival and I think the same could be said of Hamilton Ackies so I fear for St Mirren and Hamilton Ackies Yeah, having seen the highlights uh, the goals are conceding Gordon they don't seem to be able to defend the box from set plays they look very vulnerable I think the the boy Rogers and goals had a, a tough afternoon as well on the day Um you just don't know the the way the way uh, results and at home they're not really prolific either. You know that's uh, hap- uh, Dundee have managed to claw back these points in the last few weeks, and uh, you know unless they can get some reinforcements in in, in uh, January, then you f- you feel as if it's mm. going to be a tough winter. Uh, Oren Kearney's right about one thing: getting your nose in front, scoring at Livingston. I think it was only the third league goal yeah. they've conceded this season. Mm-hmm. And bear in mind, Hibs have been there, Rangers have been there, Celtic have been there. Um, scoring at Livingston is is tough. And they do it And they get their noses in front And so often in this league We hear our, our managers talking about How important that first goal is yep. So to do that And then Put in that second half performance It's almost doubly worrying Well that's where Oren's uh, theory about The fear of winning Comes into play But I'm not sure it's the fear of winning I think they're just poor Poor defensively Poor all over the park uh, Poor goalkeeping And they got what they deserved You would expect you, you know When you go a goal Ahead You know They've done it last week as well And you think to yourself That should give them The impetus The confidence You know That resolve To try and dig out a result And it's just the manner In which they're losing goals oh. is, is concerning uh, And going forward Hugh Everybody knows about this This period It doesn't matter Where you are in the league it, It's important It's an important period The festive fixture yeah. list Is, is jam packed Yeah And it sounds to me As if Oren Kearney Has Lost faith in his squad And their ability to Sustain A run uh, I don't see it there 
I just think that this could be the season that uh, Hamilton Ackies finally lose the will to stay in the top league and I don't think that St Mirren have the players capable of staying there so I think one will go down automatically and the other one will go into the playoff he needs he needs bodies Hugh and, and I think a couple of months ago when uh, Gus McPherson rejoined St Mirren as the director of football they were saying that they had to get bodies out the door in January because they were like bloated there was, mm. the squad was too big so until they shift them free up some money and bring players one one in seventeen it is now. Yeah, I, I don't know what's happening tonight, Hugh Kevens. I need to look back. I can't say for sure. I don't think anyone has ever called in called chick. <laughs> then if a caller calls in calls you chick by accident, then we get a chick on beat the pundit. And now chick, another chick is on the line uh, from Kirk and Tillock. How are you tonight, chick number two? Uh, very good, thanks. Very good, thanks. First time caller tonight. What made you call tonight? Then it's, I'm always interested to know what that is that tips you over the edge, and makes you call in. <laughs> Uh, I'm not really tipping over the edge, but it's um, a concern just on uh, the last couple of performances on, uh, with Rangers. Right, what uh, particular concern you then? Uh, well, we have a great show against Hearts last week away at Tynecastle. Um, then we host uh, Aberdeen at Ibrox on Wednesday night, and uh, I left there disgusted. I thought it was by far the worst performance, uh, home performance we've had all season. Uh, and then we go to Dens Park. Yesterday and again Another terrible performance And I would also like to know What the panel's views are on the rotation On the centre half I know one of the callers touched on it earlier on um, I just feel He's r- rotating too much I feel Katic and Goldson was a good Settled Centre defence Well let me put Alex Ray in the spot Yeah, Rangers play a big game Tonight, for instance, this is hypothetical, obviously, yep. and you get to pick the centre backs. What two do you pick? I would pick McCauley and Golson. Uh, I think Golson's stuttered in the last two or three weeks. There's been periods where I've looked at him, I thought he was relatively solid, and I've seen a few uh, kind of. I think Stephen Gerrard came out after one of the games and says he was unwell but wanted to play. So you gave him the benefit of doubt for that one, but he seems to be struggling of late. But I, th- I think they need to get to a solid back four It's not just the centre-half, Gordon You know, the left-back berth I, I understand uh, Barisic has been out for 9-10 weeks I watched Lee Wallace play in the reserve last Monday At left-centre-back And we know what Lee Wallace can bring Athleticism Charges up and down that, that left-hand side And he gives you a natural balance uh, I know there's things going on ongoing But if you're paying his wages Why not try and maximise them? Because you know you can bring a performance um, So they need to find their best back four now it looks as if they threw in Barisic yesterday But for me he wasn't up to speed uh, So they threw him in because they need to get him game times To get to a certain level So, But for me it would be Macaulay and Golson Thursday's important for Rangers I think You know because Psychologically If they come back from Vienna Having beaten Rapid Vienna Who are hardly enjoying the best of domestic seasons Then Conference is lifted once again And Hamilton at Ibrox on Sunday If Rangers can't beat Hamilton at Ibrox There is something Seriously wrong Okay thank you to Chick In Kirkintillica So one four one nine five one one zero two five To join us That was Chick's first time On the phone So we'll have you back Anytime Chick Thanks for that um, How are you getting on With this teaser Gary Neville <laughs> I wanted to get on Do you got that Here's no. a reminder Of the question uh, We're looking for The 13 players Who've made 500 or more English Premier League Appearances Guys like Ryan Giggs And Gary Speed uh, Who else did you get You got Rio one Ferdinand. more Rio Ferdinand So Gary Neville Is he in or out Do you know he is not In 
Tony Adams. Nope. Lee Dixon. No. <laughs> Winterburn. Nope. I see what you're doing here. Steven Gerrard. Nope. Wow. Over on uh, Dennis Irwin. Oh, Steven Gerrard is on it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Steven Gerrard's on it. Yeah. Dennis Irwin. Nope. How how do you play for 13, 14 years at a top flight and you don't have 500 oh. games here? Anyway. Yeah, I'm, that's why I'm checking the list. Definitely no Gary Neville. No. Okay. Gary McAllister. No. Gordon Strachan. Nope. Francis Benali. <laughs> no. But what? Way, he played for about 14 years with Southampton. No, 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 no. Right, okay. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, these are all household names. Well, most of them are, I would say. Right, okay. Uh, we'll give we'll give that one a rest uh, for just a second. Let's see how you get on. You can you can join in by the way at Clyde SSB. Mm. Um, before we do that, let me tell you about this. I know this interests you, Alex Ray, because we spoke about this earlier. With Sterling Mills Outlets, big brand outlets, Adidas, Beauty Outlets, and Gap. Yes, if you've not heard it yet, it is Clyde One's five golden rings. Alex Ray, you were raving about this earlier on when you came into the studio. Was, yes. You're a big fan of this. Uh, every weekday at 9am and 5pm, we could be calling you. Now, if you answer within the five golden rings, Hugh Keevans, oh. see, see what we did there? Yes, yes. Uh, you could get the chance to select a mystery box for us to open. Now, the mystery boxes are actually in the studio. They stay here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are looking at them right now. Here's what happened when Paula Flanagan from East Kilbride had the chance to win £3,500 pounds with Grant Thompson this afternoon but instead ended up with a Hugh Keevans DVD sorry a Scrooge DVD oh my goodness I'm going to go for B box B do we have three and a half thousand pounds oh you've got the Scrooge oh, no. DVD oh you're joking Alex Ray you, you heard it driving in I was Nightmare. driving in I couldn't believe it I was devastated for that lady well you know what it means though the jackpot's going up it's now four thousand pounds with Bowie at breakfast tomorrow at 9am the cash will be in one of the boxes Hugh Keevans, take a look, see if it's there at the moment. If you want to play text yes to 61025, that's yes to 61025 to enter Clyde One's five gold rings, second jackpot prize round. Now, the text costs 150 plus your standard network rate. You must be over 18. Full T's and C's and online entry are at Clyde1.com. That's Clyde One's five gold rings with Sterling Mills Outlet. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompsons.com Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans is here Alex Ray is here as well And it's time for them to tackle this full-time teaser uh, It's been sent in by a few people Dale, KJ and Tony all sent it in uh, Looking for 13 players Who've made 500 or more English Premier League appearances You're bound to know them if they've made that many So guys like Ryan Giggs Gary Speed Stephen Gerrard Rio Ferdinand You've got 4 of 13 yeah, I've I've got a couple more. Go on, Hugh. Frank Lampard. Yes, well done, Hugo. Um, John Terry. No. Wow. Carragher's got to be there then. Correct. Lovely. Phil Neville. Mm-hmm. You guessed wrong with Gary earlier on, but Phil is one of them. Carragher, Neville, Gerard, Ferdinand, Giggs, Lampard, Speed. Fowler. I'll go for Mark Schwarzer Yes You've still not got the guy with the most Yes You've not got the guy who's top of the list I mm-hmm. thought Giggsy was uh, up amongst it He's second Is he? Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Two ways you can get in touch with us Still time On the phone Or on Twitter At Clyde SSB A couple of tweets Coming in about Rangers there uh, Kenny says One major problem With the midfield If Ajari is predictable He tries to beat the same player Three or four times Before moving the ball The majority of the time He's tackled and he loses it Players are well aware of this now um, Coatbridge Pirate though Is it feeling a bit more optimistic He says Stevie G is six months Into management With 15 new players A sore one yesterday But the future is bright That's for sure He says 01419511025 On the phones uh, Charles is a Celtic fan from Bayliston. Hi, Charles. Hi there. Um, it was just a point um, to you, please, mm-hmm. um, about the upcoming uh, transfer window. Um, I think that uh, Celtic will go and buy about three players, and I think they'll buy well uh, to make up for the summer. Um, and I think that that will push them on even further and, and hopefully embed them for, for next season. Um, so I think the gap by the end of the season could be pretty, Charles, pretty what, big Charles, just out of curiosity, what positions are you expecting arrivals in? Um, well, they're looked at the, I've heard about the Memesich guy um, The Dutch, you know, the, the Dutch centre half Right And um, I, 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 I'm, I, look, I think the Lustig as well They need to replace on, on, on that side But um, I personally... No one for the future, but I think somebody like Defoe and all sitting on the bench if they're still in Europe as well, because he's no he's played he's played about ten minutes for Bournemouth. Um and I think if Celtic are still in Europe, um if they get through first tonight, I think Jermaine Defoe would be a good shout. Uh, or uh, an extra striker. I, I wouldn't see Jermaine Defoe to be perfectly honest. He doesn't fit into the model no. Hugh, really, does he? No. Um, I suppose you can see what Charles is talking about. He, he you know, he says himself not one for the future, but if it's a guy that would just be that that third one. I mean, last season they had three strikers. Now they've yeah. only got two. Yeah, and, that, and that's not enough for a club like Celtic. You know, when you, you have uh, Lee Griffiths going out for weeks with injury, uh, it places a burden on Odson Edward. But I have to say that he has again, judging by Saturday's performance, really come to the fore. Certainly, the money's there for Celtic to spend in the transfer window. Of that, there's no doubt, and certainly there's no doubt that Brendan Rodgers was unhappy. With the last transfer window And Celtic's inactivity there So If he can get players that he wants But all managers say That they are Unsure of getting What they really want in January uh, Mid-season They would rather wait Until the summertime However He does have the money If Celtic are in the last 32 And Going for eight in a row And The treble treble With regard to the Scottish Cup then it is certain that they will need more players. But the wage bill is getting bigger and bigger. The size of the squad is getting bigger and bigger. And there will have to be some offloading done at the same time. But there should be buys. There is money there. Charles, you want to come back in? Sorry, it's no Charles, it's Chick. Oh, you're kidding me on. Not another one. It can't be. <laughs> Good man, I like that. He's ended he's that one waiting, on a high. He's been waiting yes, on for that brilliant check. A hat trick of chicks. There we go you humans. Uh, Any more on the teaser? I can see some great answers coming in on Twitter I can't believe you've not got the top one yet Steve, uh, Steve Bruce Scott McGee's comes flying in with the one that you've not got That's top of the list uh, Nope mm. Nope Roy Keane Nope How can Keane not have 500 appearances? Yeah, I think it's league appearances isn't it? Right, you've you've got One goalie still in there Jamie Carragher, eh, no Carragher, eh, the, the the other eh, who was a midfielder. It's uh, he's on the coaching staff now. Where? In Man United. 
Mm, no, I wouldn't oh, worry about him. Carrick. Nicky Butt. Carrick. Michael Carrick. <laughs> Very good. A lot of talk, I genuinely wasn't. Right, you've still got another goalie to get. You've still got the guy who's top of the list. He's made more English Premier League appearances than anyone. Think about it along the lines of it was Ryan Giggs, and now it's not. Therefore, it must be someone who's still playing or was playing very recently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've got another goalie. Um, yeah, you've got another one who's still playing as well, right at the very top of the English Premier League at the moment, you may say. Hmm. Well, right at the very top is Liverpool. Well, listen, if you want to read into that, that's fine. It's Milner. It is Milner. He's yeah. the latest. <laughs> just the... Right, here's what you've got still to come. A big centre-back who's not playing anymore. A big centre-forward who's not playing anymore. A big goalie, they all seem to be big, who's not playing anymore. And your recent one, your midfielder who is top of the tree. Do and Dublin? Nope. Let's hear a bit from Tommy Wright, Hugh Keevens. Yeah. We don't get to hear from Tommy Wright too often. St Johnson are doing great things at the moment. A great way to finish off a very good week for me personally and a very good week for the club. So um, away wins are always nice and uh, this place is difficult to come to. I think they've won the last five uh, home games and they've been doing well this week. Uh, I mean, they, they, so it's... Uh, it's uh, Great three points And uh, Pleased with the performance I mean Hugh Keevans They traditionally have been The team that Sort of flies under the radar If mm. you like St Johnson Doing wonderful things They had that great run of victories Without conceding They then I mean they conceded Against Hearts But it was yeah. still a draw And then to go to Pataudry And face an Aberdeen side Who've just beaten Rangers At Ibrox yeah. And dispatch of them Brilliant stuff Well there was a period In the season When you feared For St Johnston uh, When Celtic went there twice And Absolutely hammered them uh, And they, they, they seemed to have lost their direction at that point And you wondered, had Tommy been there too long? Were the players jaded? But they have come away and then some And they are playing good football The, the goals that they scored uh, at Pataudry were excellent And they must be sky high in terms of their confidence no, listen, he's done an absolute brilliant job Six wins and uh, two draws on the back of four defeats So credit to uh, Tommy Wright Aaron Matheson is on Twitter He's got I've the got one, one that you've not got Go for it David James Yes, that's the goalie you're looking for David James So you're still looking for the guy who's top of the list Your big striker and your big centre back What if I told you that your big central back central defender Has just gone into management Or has just got a new management job Hmm <laughs> Once crossed the North London divide, Hugh Evans. Saul Campbell. Yes. Ah, come on, Hugh. Hugh Evans sounded awfully like Alex Ray there. That was I know, bizarre. but you've got to get in quick. Right, two to get. What about the big striker? You've mentioned some of his striking pals, the likes of Michael Owen. Heskey. Yep. And you would think you deliberately left the easiest one to last, the guy who's made more English Premier League appearances than anyone. Can't think. My mind's went blank. I've already got. Three quarters of them Some of his former clubs You're looking at the likes of Man City Aston Villa Oh uh... Midfielder Aston Villa Oh it's Gareth Barry 
It is Gareth Barry Well done to you Thank you Hugh Evans and Alex Ray For joining me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Big thanks for all the calls and tweets Apologies as always If you didn't get through But the good thing is We do it all again tomorrow From 6 o'clock In the company of Gordon DL And Roger Hanna In the meantime You might as well Just stay where you are Because Callum Gallagher Is up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com.